When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's the other side of midnight with Frank Morano. Well, it's one for the money, two for the show, three to get ready. Now go, cat, go, but don't you step on my blue suede shoe. Well, you can do anything but take me over my blue suede shoe. You can knock me down, step in my face, slander my name all over the place. We'll do anything that you want to do, but not, uh, honey, lay off them shoes and don't you step on my blue suede shoes. The great Elvis well, Presley. If you listen to his volume of songs or, or look at even some of the incredible films that he produced over the years, a couple of things are astounding. One, the variety of music that he was able to master. And, it, I mean, he's been called the king of, of rock and roll, and I think that's a title that he certainly deserves. But you could also very much, very easily call him the king of white gospel music. You could call him uh, the, um, uh, you could call him the uh, predecessor in some respects to the works of uh, the crooning of people like, Michael Bublé, believe it or not. He mastered so many different styles of music and produced so many great, incredible songs, which is amazing if he had lived to be 87. But think about the fact that the man passed away when he was 42 years old in the prime of his life. And initially, it was reported that Elvis had passed away due to a heart attack. And then uh, some issues came out uh, that uh, it looked like it was maybe not a result of a heart attack, but it might have had something to do with drug use. Well, Sally Hodel is a lifelong Elvis fan and an Elvis historian who has explored Elvis's life, his death, and his health throughout that life. And uh, she's written a couple of books about it, including Destined to Die Young. Sally Hodel, welcome to our program. Thanks so much for joining me. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Uh, So, uh, Sally, what prompted your interest in Elvis, both as a fan and a researcher? Sure. Well, I am a lifelong fan. Like you said, I also have a journalism background. So this really was a coming together for me of, you know, it was a passion project, professional passion project for sure. And as a fan who always read all the books and left a lot of them with more questions than answers, you know, the first book really did grow out of a, a, you know, I wonder if moment. (laughs) I wonder if this is why uh, he passes in the same way as his mother. And uh, the research started and it really was a brain candy project in the beginning. And then it was, you know, 10 trips to Tupelo and Memphis and meeting so many people who knew Elvis and interviewing them. And uh, it was just amazing the way it all pieced together. And it's been it's been an incredibly rewarding project. So I, I think a lot of people uh, believe the conventional narrative that Elvis Presley passed away because of prescription uh, medication. Is that accurate? Did Elvis pass away due to drug use? 
I, I disagree with that um, wholeheartedly. And, you know, my research kind of started off with uh, knowing that his mother dies at 46, Elvis passes at 42. They both pass after a four-year period of degenerative health. And as a fan, you know, I always thought there has to be something to that because Gladys, his mother, does not take the medication. She doesn't have the pressure of being a rock and roll star. There was a lot of pressure on Elvis from a lot of people, as you can imagine, with his fame. Um, and she didn't have that, yet they pass in a similar way. And, uh, you know, I was reconnected with some of my old books I had from when I was a kid, and I picked one up a few years ago, kind of started this project and reread it. And in that book, it mentioned that his maternal grandparents, Gladys's parents, were first cousins. So that was kind of that what if moment, like what if that, you know, close relation marriage created all these health issues for Elvis and his mother. And I, as I delved into the family tree, it wasn't just Gladys who dies at 46. She has a brother who dies at 58. She has a brother who dies at 49. She has another brother who dies at 46, all heart, lung, liver related issues. So really, you know, when it gets to Elvis, it stops being a coincidence. There is just a lot of young heart related deaths. In that family tree. Uh, so, what sort of uh, degen- of genetic related heart issues or other health issues would Elvis, his mother, and their other relatives have suffered from if, uh, as you say, his grandparents were first cousins? Right. Well, the one thing we know for sure, because we know from his autopsy that he was a carrier for something called alpha one antitrypsin deficiency, and what that means, it either you know creates issues with your liver. Or your, or your lungs, depending on whether or not you inherit one bad gene or two. So Gladys, you know, she dies from what they thought was hepatitis and cirrhosis, but even her doctor at the time said, I can't quite figure this out. It's not typical hepatitis. Um, so she most likely suffered from the liver portion of that disease. Her mother before her, uh, they always thought she passed of tuberculosis. That was kind of the story that was passed down. Yet she took to her bed and lived for 30 years, you know, and at that time, a life expectancy with tuberculosis at most was five years. So most likely she had the lung portion of that disease. And we see that disease, you know, affect Elvis as well. But by the time he passes in 1977, Elvis has disease or disorder in nine of the 11 systems of the body. Like you said, long written, usually written off as you know, the end result of the prescription medication problem, and it absolutely did become a problem. The book does not sugarcoat that. Uh, but my research proves that at least five of those were present prior to fame, prior to the medication, you know, and they, they were most likely there since birth. Wow. And uh, do we, was Elvis aware that he had health, health issues throughout his life? Absolutely. You know, he has three major hospital stays, and with each one, he, he leaves knowing that there's more wrong with him than what he went in for. Mm. And there there are some detox issues with each of those hospital stays as well, but they also know that his liver is not working right, that he has this colon problem, that he really you know requires surgery and he refuses that surgery. And that colon problem is definitely from birth. It's on record, you know, that he had issues with that from the time he was very young. Um, so he leaves those hospital stays knowing there's more wrong with him than right. And, of course, Dr. Nick, you know, Definitely, again, crosses that line between friend and physician. Elvis is overprescribed at times, but his main physician, Dr. Nick, is always running tests, always trying to figure out what's wrong with him. And, of course, Elvis, in charge of all these people, you know, and he has, he's notorious for having the Memphis Mafia around him all the time. He does not want to appear weak. He is their boss. He's Elvis Presley. And it's the 1970s, and men didn't talk about health problems, you know, then like they might now. And a lot of this was kept quiet. Mm. Uh, no, that's uh, what what a, a shame. So um, how does the health issues that Gladys had and that Elvis had uh, compare to other people that are the progeny of folks that are first cousins? 
Well, it's it's this doubling of the gene pool, right? And a lot of these things are are X related. So with Elvis, you know, it's it's boys receive a you know, the X chromosome from mom and the, the Y chromosome from dad, where girls get the X from mom and the, another X from dad. So if they have a bad gene, it might be replaced, you know, by the other X with a girl has more likelihood of it being the bad gene being replaced where boys, you know, aren't as fortunate. So that's why you see the boys mm. have more young death and, um, and Gladys' siblings. She's one of the unlucky females, you know, who inherits the, the, the bad genes because she has three sisters who live longer and it is more common for the girls to live longer and to, like I said, have a bad gene replaced, you know, by a good gene. So um, it's a it's a lot of the alpha one stuff. It's the heart related stuff, and I most likely the colon problems too. It's 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 that doubling of the gene pool. It just doubles your chances for those bad genes to not be replaced by good genes when you have that close relation marriage. Why has no other physician or researcher or even journalist until now? discovered the same thing that you discovered. Obviously, I know that you put a lot of work into this, but I'm sure there was a lot of work uh, to be looked into and a lot of people that had similar interest over this since 1977. Yeah, it was a ton of research. And I think a lot of it is that Elvis has just been, you know, bogged down in pop culture ideas that he took too much medication typical rock and roll star, right? And he kind of gets bogged down in that kind of narrative. So when we, you know, look at these flaws, we're able to restore his humanity a bit because I think, you know, like you said, he's still 45 years after his death as popular as ever in many respects and certainly still as recognizable by his first name as an image alone, certainly a slice of Americana. So I think his humanity, you know, his humanity gets chipped away at a little bit and then and he's so perfect looking on the outside. You don't want to think that he's flawed on the inside. You know, there's a lot of things that keep this stuff hidden or maybe not explored. And and when you read the Elvis books, you know, there'll be a little blurb about his health issues in each one, which isn't a lot. But when you put it all together and all these different people, you know, this person knows that this is wrong with him or this other person knows that that's wrong with him. And you put it all together and it ends up being quite a bit. Like I said, disease or disorder in nine of the 11 systems of the body. Wow. How does that get ignored for this long? Oh, we're talking with it's- Sally Hodel. Uh, her book is Destined to Die Young. If you want to check it out or order a copy, you can go to ElvisAuthor.com. That's ElvisAuthor.com. Sally, do you believe that maybe part of the reason he was so dependent upon prescription drugs and, and sought them out from Dr. Nick and possibly others was because he was in such perpetual pain because of these health issues? Absolutely. I think after 75 for sure, and maybe a little sooner, there's no way he could have been Elvis Presley without it because his adrenal glands were failing. So, you know, without getting kind of propped up by the medication, he would not have been able to tour like he did. And there was a number of other, he had an immune system issue, you know, that really wasn't fully understood at that time. Uh, So he was, he had, his body had a hard time fighting infection. So it was very difficult to be Elvis Presley through all these ailments. And I think after a certain point, he couldn't have been Elvis Presley without the medication. Mm. And unfortunately, he knew that too. And uh, as far as, as you can tell, had he not taken the, all these prescription drugs, he probably would have died at this very young age anyway. I think so. When you look at the family tree, you know, even his father dies at 63 of heart failure. And his mother dies at 46. He has these uncles who all die in their 40s. Um, it really is not a coincidence when it gets to Elvis, even though he obviously um, doesn't make the best lifestyle choices, right? It does help us understand his choices, though, because we also have to remember that Elvis was so poor and he really did pull his whole family out of poverty 
and he considers himself to be that provider. So that is why he turns to the medication, and it's why he keeps turning to the medication, because he feels that all these people rely on him. He has to keep being Elvis Presley. Um, and as far as you can tell, um, was Lisa Marie a, a victim of the same genes when it came to her premature death? Sure. Well, you know, the, we're still waiting for the autopsy results on that. And I had seen her in, in January when she was there to celebrate Elvis's birthday. And then I was there two weeks later for her memorial, you know, which was incredibly sad. Um, Whatever the autopsy shows, we do have to remember that there is a tremendous amount of young heart-related death in that family. And I think, you know, her family tree is half of Elvis's family tree, and that had to play a, a role for sure. Mm, uh, very interesting. Hey, what did you think of the movie? I was just curious. Um, you know, I, I'm into the real thing. So <laughs> um, it was entertaining, and I think that it has sparked a lot of interest in Elvis again, which I think is really important. And if watching that film you know, and that dramatic representation of Elvis Presley leads a new fan to get on YouTube and watch Elvis on the Ed Sullivan show in 1956, then I think that's a great thing. And as, as far as uh, you're aware so far, what's been the reaction to your claims and your thesis from the medical community and other people that have looked into this? Yeah, it's been really positive. You know, it's been a really uh, incredible experience because I've had such positive reaction, especially from Elvis fans and especially, you know, from the medical community, like you said, and there'll be, a, you know, I hear a lot from Elvis fans who are nurses or doctors. And I'm like, I, I knew there was something to this, you know, and I read the book and I, and I really enjoyed it. Um, and when you know how it is, when you, when you do something like this, it's, it's always possible that the 10 people you're related to are the only ones who read it. <laughs> and I'm, I'm, I'm on my fourth printing now and it's just, it's resonated. I think it helps. It, it helps Elvis's story make sense. It just does. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. Well, uh, I, uh, I think the work that you've done here is terrific, gives people a lot of different things to think about. And again, uh, the book is uh, available at ElvisAuthor.com. And if people want to check it out, it's called Destined to Die Young. Uh, and had Lisa Marie commented on any of your claims in this book before she passed away? No, I have not um, talked to her. I never, I didn't have an opportunity to speak to her before her passing. Um, you know, I, Elvis's nurses, both his nurses were huge resources for this book. Um, and of course, I've interviewed probably 20 people who knew Elvis. And there was one Memphis Mafia member in particular who said to me, you know, I, I wish I had known all of this. You, you also, you, you know, yeah, no, I can imagine you. You also have another book about Ron Strauss, who was Elvis's yes. pilot called Destined to Fly. I don't know much uh, about uh, Ron Strauss at all. Uh, what did you focus on when it came to that book? Well, Ron Strauss has an incredible life story in addition to flying Elvis, but he um, served in the Air Force for 12 years and flew 3,400 hours during Vietnam. He left the Air Force to become a, a pilot because he was a flight engineer in the, in the Air Force and uh, became a pilot. He was hijacked um, in Nicaragua at one point, had to fly with a gun to his head from Nicaragua to Cuba. And, and then he became Elvis Presley's pilot, too. So there's a little bit of, you know, John Wayne and Harold <laughs> Reagan and Elvis Presley. And it's just a it truly is a slice of Americana. And he like Elvis, you know, he's from Fonda, Iowa, small town. Mm grew up in a small town and no one expected him to be the most successful person to emerge from that small town and uh, very much like Elvis. I mean, no one thought that Elvis Presley was going to emerge from Tupelo to become the most famous person sure. to ever live. Absolutely. All right. Um, it's a real treat to talk with you, Sally. I hope we can stay in touch and do this again in the future. 
I hope so. Thanks. I Thank appreciate you. it. Thank you. Sally Hodel. Uh, check out both books at ElvisAuthor.com. If you want to comment on any portion of our conversation, you can give me a call, 800-848-9222. That's 800-848-9222. This is The Other Side of Midnight. I'm Frank Morano. Straight ahead. The Other Side of Midnight. Midnight. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.